Hey, thanks for tuning in to the latest sermon. We pray that it challenges you, blesses you, and ultimately that it would stir your heart's affection for Jesus. Enjoy. Well, this week we continue our series called Why We Worship. And uh, rather than looking at one specific passage, like we normally will take one specific passage and kind of build our, uh, our teaching around that. I, I kind of want to do more of a topical teaching this morning, so bear with me. There are two commands in the Scripture that are commanded more than any other commands. The first one, you might be able to guess it, is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, or some variance of that. And the second command in Scripture is uh, the second most common command in Scripture is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In fact, it is repeated over 250 times in the Scripture, and there's power in repetition. Uh, often, in, especially in Scripture, uh, often the, the writers uh, will repeat themselves to prove a point or to emphasize a point, and this command to praise the Lord is no different. It is repeated 250 times. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 150. We, uh, we, we say this scripture many times. I've, I've read this scripture many times. Psalm 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Did anyone bring a lute and harp this morning? <laughs> Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Thank you, Decker, for those loud clashing cymbals this morning. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if we don't praise the Lord... Jesus says, even the rocks will cry out. Luke 19, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem, and people are dancing and shouting and praising the Lord. They're waving palm branches. And some of the Pharisees look at Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, tell these people to stop praising you. And Jesus says, even if they stop praising me, the rocks will cry out. If we don't praise him, his very creation will cry out his praises. Read Psalm 19. It's all over uh, the Psalms about how his creation speaks and glorifies him. And so we are commanded to praise the Lord. So this morning, I've titled my sermon, The Power in Our Praise. The Power in Our Praise. I've heard I heard a pastor uh, say once that if you only have 10 minutes to be with the Lord, spend eight minutes of those praising his name. I don't know what the other two minutes were all about, but spend eight minutes praising his name. I'm sure you'll be able to come up with another two minutes of what to do, but spend eight minutes praising his name. So the power of our praise. Ultimately, we praise the Lord because he is worthy. Uh, we sing about the, the worthiness of God often, and I will um, often, I will, as I'm leading worship, I will uh, recite Revelation chapter 4. Worthy are you, Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will 
they exist in it. And as a worship pastor, I want to set before the, the people of God, uh, our church, I want to set before you a God who is great, a God who is big, a God who is almighty and worthy to be praised. Um, two weeks ago, I went on a, a hike, and as we were hiking, we were about three quarters of the way up, and one of the guys that was hiking in our group, he said, well, these mountains sure make me feel small. And I thought to myself, wow, that is a sermon right there. Um, that's, what, that's what the Lord's creation, these huge mountains should make us feel like. The, we are small in comparison to the greatness of our God, Amen. The mountains that we have in our lives are this small in comparison to who we serve. We have a great, uh, mighty God. And so, so ultimately, we worship because he is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. However, there are other reasons to praise God as well. Uh, things happen when we come before the Lord in heartfelt, spirit-filled worship, grounded in the truth of who God is, and, and we praise His name. And so today I want to look at six powerful reasons to pray. Can you say that? Six powerful reasons to praise. Did I say pray? Well, we're going to praise. <laughs> praise. Six powerful reasons to praise. First, Praise creates an environment for God's presence. Praise creates an environment for God's presence. We can feel him in this place. We know that he is in our midst, right? This morning, he was certainly, he is certainly here. And as we were worshiping, he was definitely in our, in our midst. Psalm 22.3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, because the dwelling place of God is in man, in the heart of man, we can host now the presence of God wherever we are. In the Old Testament, they went to the temple, and the presence of God would fall in the place as they worshiped and praised God. The Spirit of God lives within us, and now we, as we worship God, His presence can come wherever we are. When we gather together as a church and worship him in spirit and in truth, he manifests his presence among us. He, he makes himself known. Jack Hayford writes, the reward of worship is God's enthroned presence. The reward of worship is God's enthroned presence. Praise creates a dwelling place for God in man's presence, present situation. One of the things that Becky and I um, aim to do in our house is that we want to create an atmosphere of worship, atmosphere of praise in our house. Now, this doesn't happen every second of every day, but we will often put on worship music and we will begin to worship the Lord together as a family, whether we're doing, um, whether we're cleaning the house together as a family. Uh, Sometimes, this might come as a surprise to you, but sometimes we fight in our home. And uh, sometimes we get irritated with one another. And uh, there's tension in our home. And so it takes a lot of uh, grace from the Lord. But we, in those moments, 
Becky will say from the kitchen, all right, it's time to put on some worship music. And so, Randall, go put on worship music. So we grab, I grab my phone, I grab my, we have a little speaker, and I begin to pump worship music throughout our house. And we set our focus on Jesus in the midst of our irritations with one another, in the midst of our frustrations with one another. We set our gaze on Jesus and his calming presence begins to manifest itself in our home. Isn't that incredible? Praise, Rick Warren says this, praise and presence always go together. Praise and presence always go together. One time, uh, a friend of ours, uh, they they were going to church as a family And as they're driving to church, uh, well, no, they get to church, they get inside, and they're a little late, and the the worship team has already started playing, and they uh, open up the sanctuary doors, and they begin to walk through, and she begins to weep under the presence of the Lord. And they go and find their seat, and all she can do is continually cry because in that place where the body of Christ has gathered together, setting their gaze upon Jesus and praising his name, his presence had come in such a tangible way that all she could do was cry. Has anyone ever had that experience before? I'm sure many of us have had that. Praise and presence always go together. Secondly, praise fills us with joy. Praise will fill us with joy. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 105, 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name and let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. Life is filled with despair. It is filled with trials. It it can be filled with dissatisfaction and disappointment. Maybe in your career path, maybe in the season of life you're in, uh, it's just a really difficult season of life. Um, maybe, you know, you're raising a family and it's just, it's difficult. Uh, maybe you have heartache of a, a, a child who's not walking with the Lord. Or the brokenness of, the brokenness that comes with poor decisions in, in past seasons. When we turn our hearts to the Lord and we set our gaze upon him in praise, he fills our hearts with joy. I guarantee you as no matter what your situation, as you set your gaze upon him and praise him, he will fill your heart with joy. Some have defined joy as inner contentment and satisfaction because we are grounded in who God is, not in our present circumstances. Praise is the pathway to a joy-filled life. Do you want joy in your life? I think we would all collectively say, yes, we desire to have joy and contentment in our lives, regardless of the things that we walk through. 
and Jesus will most surely fill us with joy. Third, praise is a weapon of our warfare. Ephesians 6.12, Paul writes, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, even as I read that scripture, there's some of us in here who are like, yeah, Randall, that's, that's nice. Yeah, cool, our, 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 our battle's not against flesh and blood, yada, yada, yada. And I think we actually need a revelation that we are in a battle that is in an unseen realm. I'm talking everything from uh, fighting in your home Everything from a spirit of heaviness, um, depression. There are many things in this world that are caused from an unseen realm that we can't see with our physical eyes. We are, we are in a battle. The enemy, as followers of Christ, the enemy does not want us to succeed. And so he's going to throw every dart, every arrow at us in order for that not to happen. And so... Listen to me now clearly. We are in a spiritual battle. When I was 14 years old, I was entering into uh, ninth grade. It was the summer going into grade nine. And I began to deal with a strange fear. Not only was it fear, but it felt like a dark cloud over me. I, I, can't, I couldn't explain it then. I had no context for uh, this feeling. It felt like something was attached to me. And I remember crying all the time. As a 14, 15-year-old boy, I just cried a lot because I felt heavy. I felt scared. I felt, um, just felt dark all the time. There was a lot of hopelessness, and I remember sitting on my parents' bed with my mom, just crying. Uh, one evening, my, I was outside working with my dad, and, um, and my mom came outside and she said, Hey, Art, we're going out this evening. Um, we're going out this evening, so you need to come in and get ready. And, and, and as I was hearing my mom tell my dad this, I was getting excited inside because for me, what I would try and do is to get rid of this fear and heaviness and this strange, weird feeling, I would uh, busy myself. I would get around friends a lot. I would want to be with my family all the time because it would kind of numb that heavy feeling. And so I was excited. And then my mom was like, actually, Randall, uh, it's just me and dad going out tonight. Uh, you kids are going to be at home this evening by yourself. And I, I remember as clear as day, I'm in our uh, driveway and I just begin to weep because I knew that the, the evening would be spent feeling fearful without hope and just this heaviness. And it was during these years, uh, 14, 15, 16, into my high school years, it was during these years that I began to lead worship. And uh, I would lead worship at my youth group. I, uh, 
God asked to lead worship at a couple other friends, youth groups, and uh, I would spend hours uh, playing my guitar, writing my own worship songs in my bedroom. There would be evenings where I would just lay on my bedroom floor in the basement and I would turn worship music on and just lay there and let the worship flow over me. And as soon, and, and what I began to realize was every single time that I would praise the Lord, every single time that I would worship, the heaviness would leave. The fear would leave. The hopelessness would leave. I remember being tormented by fear and heaviness, and I I would get into my car, and I'd put a worship CD into my car, and I'd drive all around Steinbeck, listening to worship, trying to get rid of this heaviness that was on me. And as I would worship, the heaviness would flee. There was one song that I listened to all the time. It was by a, um, an Irish worship leader named Robin Mark. And he had a CD called Revival in Belfast. And um, one of the songs on there was called Garments of Praise. Garments of Praise. Listen to the lyrics of this song. Put on the garments of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Let the oil of gladness flow down from your throne. Put, the garments, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Your joy is my strength alone. My strength alone. Make these broken, weary bones rise to dance again. Wet this dry and thirsty land with a river. Lord, our eyes are fixed on you and we are waiting for your garment of praise as we praise your name. This song was the bedrock of my high school years. I needed this song to get through life. And guess what? It's straight from Scripture. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, The Lord grants the garment of praise instead of a heavy spirit. I believe that praise is our most powerful weapon of our warfare. Praise is the most powerful weapon of our warfare. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling a heaviness and fear you cannot explain, number one, it's probably demonic, and number two, you need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen to what praise in the, listen to some of the, uh, an Old Testament story. Second Chronicles 20, 21 and 22. The armies of Judah, uh, there, there, are, there are armies coming against Judah. And uh, the leaders um, consult the prophets of the time and uh, listen to what they say. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed." So you literally have armies coming at each other and the the word of the Lord is to 
Send out the singers in front of everyone. Send out the worshipers before everyone else. Uh, Lord, unarmed? Or do you want us to take spears with us? No, go out and worship. And as you go, the Lord defeats the other armies. Worship and praise is the best weapon of warfare that we have. Fourth, praise releases the power of God. Praise releases the power of God. We've heard this story many times recently. Acts 20, or sorry, Acts 16, 25, and 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. There is a direct correlation between praising God and the power of God being released. Paul and Silas are bound in chains. They are prisoners of the Roman Empire. And as they praise, as they set their gaze upon Jesus in the middle of the night singing hymns and, and psalms, they, uh, a miracle breaks out. And their chains fall to the ground, the, prison's door, the prison doors open, and they are set free. Rick Warren says, um, not only are broken chains a miracle, but it is a metaphor for the chains that keep us bound up. When we praise, the power of God breaks in and it sets people free. We sang about it this morning. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Shout Jesus in the streets. Jesus, uh, what's in the valley? For my family, for my family, or in the, va- or in the valley. Sorry, I'm horrible with lyrics. <laughs> but we sang about it this morning. Shout Jesus from the mountains. The power of God is released to break wrong mindsets, emotional pain, destructive behaviors. The miraculous power of God flows from heaven as we praise his name. Sometimes the most productive thing we can do is praise his name. It isn't try harder to fix yourself. It isn't um, talk and talk and talk and talk about all the problems that I have. Sometimes the most productive thing to do is praise his name. God invites us into spirit-empowered praise, and he is saying, praise me and watch me move. Praise me and watch me move. During, our, uh, during um, my time serving with YWAM, we had individuals who would often need financial breakthrough in their lives. And um, they would it'd be the middle of the month or nearing the end of the month, and they're like, yeah, we have no money left. Or they'd be going out, they'd be taking a team overseas, and they're like, we don't have all the money we need, but we're going to praise the Lord. And so countless times, people would praise the Lord. We, we would gather together as um, a community, and we would, we would praise God in the midst of our need, 
in the midst of our financial lack and he would break through in miraculous ways and people would have their finances come into their bank account uh, without even telling anyone. Sometimes we would have outreach teams go to the airport without all their finances in place, believing that God would come through and, and release the finances to them so that they could go. And they would begin to worship on their way to the airport. And when they get to the airport, they have all the money that they need. Now, before you think I'm saying you can use God like a genie and just rub the lamp and he'll pop out and give you everything you want, it's not even close to what I'm saying, so don't hear me say that. As we go to the Lord in praise, in spirit and in truth, trusting and standing on the promises of God, standing in faith, knowing that God is our provider, knowing that God is faithful, and knowing that he cares for us, knowing he wants to bless his children, that is what I'm talking about, standing on the promises of who God is. One time a friend of mine uh, was taking a team to Germany during the 2006, um, oh, I just lost my mind, the World Cup, um, 2006 World Cup, and they were doing some outreach, and um, part of their outreach was to just do some evangelism on the street, share the gospel with people, and they set up a stage with drums and guitars and all the instruments, and they were going to just worship on the streets. And as they were setting up their instruments, there was, you know, lots of people in Germany from other different countries, and people were gathering, and there was lots of crowds. And uh, at one point, people started to get a little agitated, and people were drinking, and and uh, people were throwing things at the band, and and yelling and swearing, and and uh, it was getting a little tense. And so they finally finished getting. Uh, all their things set up, and they begin to praise the Lord, and a calming presence comes upon the people. In fact, one of the men who is throwing things at the band begins to cry under the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we praise, the power of God is released in our midst. The power of God is released in our midst. Uh, number five, still with me? Okay, good. Number five, praise, this is one of my favorite, praise conforms us to the image of his son. Praise conforms us to the image of his son. Second Corinthians 3.18 says this, and we with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Praise conforms us to the image of his Son. I've heard it said several times, many different settings, you become what you behold. You become what you behold. Praise sets the trajectory of your life. Praise determines 
what we will fix our affections on and our attention on. We, we will all worship and praise something. You decide what that will be. Will it be your finances? Will it be your summer cottage? Will it be your career? Will it be your friends and family? What we worship directs the course of our lives. So as we behold the beauty of Jesus, we praise him, we set our gaze upon him, we actually are conformed into the image of him. If we worship our careers, we might make it to the top of our field, we might make every single goal that we set, but in the end, we are empty, we are dissatisfied and alone. We might worship our stuff and all that we can accumulate, And there are a couple of ways that we will end up worn out, trying to keep up with the Joneses. We'll be mortgaged to the hilt with credit card debt, and we are stressed out of our minds. Listen to what Psalm 115, 4 through 8 says. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak eyes but do not see, they have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell, they have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. And here's the most important part, those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Cocker Alliance, we become what we behold. If we want to look more like Jesus, maybe we need to stop striving after the things of this world. Maybe we need to stop striving uh, to be better. Maybe we need to stop doing things and behold the beauty of Jesus. Spend eight minutes of your ten minutes praising the Lord, being conformed into the image of his Son. Jack Hayford writes, in worship we determine where we are going to bow. Where are you going to bow? If I bow at the feet of the culture, I'll be honest, the end looks quite scary. If I bow at the feet of my wealth, I can lose it in a moment. If I bow at the feet of my family and friends and leaders, I will turn into a people pleaser. If I bow at the feet of Jesus, I will begin to be transformed from glory to glory. And he will guide me and he will make my paths straight. Finally, Praise changes our perspective. Praise changes our perspective. When we go through trials and difficulties, we have two options that I can think of. There might be more. But we have two options in life when we go through difficulty. We can allow ourselves to get jaded. We can allow ourselves to get wounded. Or we can gaze upon Jesus. We can praise his name despite our circumstance and our perspective on what we are walking through 
actually changes. We get heaven's perspective rather than an earthly perspective. Don't hear me saying that there aren't difficult seasons and just because you praise the Lord, everything's gonna be peachy. Again, that's not what I'm saying. Or if you are in an unhealthy relationship that you just need to stay in that relationship and praise the Lord. But most of us, 95% of us, that statistic was made up just now, but most of us are in trials right now that the Lord isn't looking to deliver us from, but he's actually wanting to walk through those trials with us, and he's actually wanting to change our perspective on those trials. He's wanting us to get heaven's perspective Listen, Jesus, Jesus had the perfect perspective on, on what he walked through. Listen to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And here it is. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. His perspective was, I know the end result. I know that God's going to be accomplishing something through my death and resurrection. And so I'm going to walk through it. He had heaven's perspective on what he was to do. When we praise God, when we praise God in seasons and trials of difficulty, sometimes that might be one year, sometimes that might be five years. Some of you are walking through trials and difficult seasons, and it's been like 10 plus years. When we worship and praise him, our perspective is changed on those difficult seasons. Jesus begins to show us the fruit that he's producing in us as we walk this road. Listen to Psalm 73, 16 to 17. The psalmist says, I tried to think this problem through, but it was too difficult for me. My life circumstances, how can I fix them? How can I make them better? I tried to think this problem through, but it was too difficult for me until I went unto your temple. What happened in the temple? Praise, worship. When we praise, it changes our perspective. Now, the praise coming forth from our entire being begins to grow faith and it begins to foster hope within us once again. Now I can go through that difficult circumstance because Jesus is better. Now I can go through the disappointment of losing a loved one when we thought there was going to be healing because Jesus is better. Now I can go through painful persecution because Jesus is better and we have heaven's perspective on our earthly situation. So the question is, where do we go from here? Joel, why don't you guys come up? Lead us in another song. Where do we go from here? 
I believe that the presence of Jesus is in this place this morning and that he is wanting to bring freedom in our midst. For some of you, this is a completely new concept. For you to even speak forth the praises of Jesus outside of this room is weird and awkward, and that's okay. My challenge for you is to begin to praise the Lord while you're driving your car, while you're at your desk, while you're stuck in traffic, while you're on a hike, while you're at the beach, praise the Lord. Maybe you're sitting in your bedroom and you have a a spirit of heaviness over you. Begin to praise the Lord. Some of you are stuck in chains and bondage. Begin to praise him and declare that he is the bondage breaker. Watch as the chains fall to the ground. And as we go back into worship in a moment here, uh, I believe that in this moment, in the next 10 minutes, there will be people in our midst who are freed from years of bondage. Chains will fall to the ground. Addictions will cease. I believe that there are ailments in our midst that will be gone as we set our gaze on Jesus, as we praise his name. There will be uh, perspectives that are changed this morning. As we, there, Many of you, I'm sure, are walking through difficult seasons. Maybe you've been in a season for the last 10 years and you are literally holding on by your fingertips. This morning, you are going to get heaven's perspective on the last 10 years of your life. This morning, there are going to be marriages that are healed. You will once again have heaven's perspective on your spouse, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that they deserve the grace of God. Extend it towards them because you yourself have been extended the grace of God. This morning, in our midst, there are physical bodies that need healing. I believe the Lord is going to come in power as we praise his name, and he is going to release the healing of heaven in our midst. We believe that Jesus is the healer Some of, you are going to, some of you are going to experience the power of God flowing through your bodies this morning. Some of you have been tormented for years by anxiety, by fear, like I was describing earlier, by fear. You don't even know what you're, afe- what you're afraid of, but this morning, the Lord is going to bring a freedom to you. So let's stand together. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus in this place. Let's praise his wonderful, beautiful, glorious name. Jesus, as we come before you this morning, we praise you. We praise you because you are worthy of our praise. We praise you because you are the light at the end of the tunnel. 
and we have no other hope. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the firstborn and you are the last. It is the darkness. There is darkness that is fleeing right now in the name of Jesus. greatly to be praised. We worship you this morning.